from Relay FM. This is Connected, episode 165. Today's show is brought to you by PDF Pen, Pingdom, and Ting. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm back in London, and I'm joined by Federico Vitici from Italy. Hello, Federico. Hello, Mike from Italy. Hi. And, and from Tennessee, Mr. Stephen Hackett. I don't get a country, just a state. I changed it up for everybody. Like, uh, I went for London, so I went for my city, and then Federico got mm. his country, and then you got the state. There was a method to my madness. It's mm. good. It's a little sad mm. not being together. Mm-hmm. But but it it also feels co- more. It also feels like we're we're back in the groove of things. We were talking earlier. The iOS 11 review is done. Federico's given us talk. He's back at work. It's just like uh, I feel like we're kind of back in our in our respective places, and it feels it feels good. It's good to be it's good to be back. But last week was maybe the best episode of all time. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that we kept the show going after that. I thought yeah. we would just end it. We could just reboot just it kidding. again. What should we call it next time? No, uh, do not want to end the show again. Prompt, connected, and I don't know. Um, the three guy podcast, something like super mm, super perfect. generic. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's that's it. That's what we're looking for. Stephen, how was your MacBook? Pro? What if it was like tech podcast? Mm, yeah, that's what good. If the name was like tech podcast, but with an adjective in front. <laughs> That'd be a s- stupid thing to name a show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, I'm just kidding. ATP, we love you. So you asked about my MacBook Pro. Um, if you listened to the show or if you were there, you have been following along my tale of woe. When we were in Chicago, Casey Johnson wrote this amazing piece on the outline. Um, I sent it to Instapaper because the outline's web design makes my head hurt. But uh, basically chronicling her storied history with this keyboard. And uh, that finally prompted me to write about mine and some other people as well. So mine, I have uh, a repair set up. I'm waiting for the part to come in. I didn't want to send it to the repair center. I'm going to have, it, have them do it in the store. Uh, so I will follow up when it's done, but for right now it's here on my desk. Uh, the I key is still broken, but there's progress being made. We're moving in the right direction. You told me earlier about the fact that you were waiting for a part to come in, and I just mm-hmm. have this image in my mind of just one I key in a little plastic bag <laughs> being sent from somewhere <laughs> yeah. to, to Memphis. No, it unfortunately is getting a whole top case. Which uh, we'll get wow. into, that, into that once I get it done. Which, wow. which is which is good, right? I mean, you, you, having the entire part replaced, I, I think it's good news, right? Like, yeah, I, oh yeah. I mean, I, I kind of get to hit the reset button again and then get yeah. another nine months. So, but it seems so, yeah. like a lot of parts it's a, for one broken key, right? Like it feels it like a, a lot. To, oh, we're just gonna. We, oh, you broke a key. We're gonna have to replace your entire <laughs> laptop now. Yeah. So, so, so sorry. <laughs> so. Settle in, children. I'm going to tell you a story. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Before Apple went to the unibody construction they've been using for a long time, it used to be really simple. Like, the top case was separate from the bottom case, and if if something really bad happened, so undo the screws, put a top case on. Like, the MacBook, you know, the white and black plastic MacBook, super easy to do a top case. It's like 13 screws. But with the unibody construction, everything is built in to the unibody and then the bottom cover is like a thin sheet like where the feet and stuff are that's just a thin cover everything else is kind of built upside down into the top case so the keyboard is actually part of the top case they, they, they aren't separate parts and so they basically will put my laptop face down on the bench and have a new top case and basically scoop out all the guts of my laptop and pour them in to the new top case it's like it it's like having a skin transplant like 
all your insides are the same, but you're in a new shell. Right. Is that a, is that a Have thing? you been watching a medical show? Where is these? <laughs> like, what's going on with you today? I don't. Know. It's just it's just the the analogy that popped into my. I, I don't know. Do you have a better analogy? Is a skin transplant even possible? I don't think like we can get a skin graft, right? Isn't that where they take yeah. skin from like your butt and put it on your arm or something? <laughs> yes. Well, That's really, the they do that. Yeah, yeah. Really? Like if you've if you've had yeah. like fire damage, like if you've been really badly burnt or you've had like a bad accident, you can take mm-hmm. skin from like one part of the body and put it onto another part yeah. of the body. What I'm talking about though is like a full outer replacement. I feel like medically that's probably not super possible, but mm. you know, yeah, that's pretty amazing though. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> jumping from skin to your MacBook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, that feels like a like a like a super counterintuitive uh, way to fix a computer. Like in, imagine if your car broke and like a single tire broke and you had to leave your like to change the entire structure of the car. <laughs> they yeah. have to remove the chassis. Oh, <laughs> you popped a <Yeah>. tire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sir, sir, I'm sorry. You put <laughs> a tire broke. Oh well, <laughs> we gotta we gotta send the car back. I'm we super, gotta start over. I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> Yeah. That's like uh I mean I get it. These unibody constructions are beautiful and um and possibly they can withstand more damage than the old way of making <laughs> Unless computers. That damages but, to a key. But can't, having, can't do that. having to having to change the entire case for a single key, um I mean it, it was probably easier on my MacBook Air. or maybe not. I don't know. No, nope, it's unibody. But still. So yeah. Hmm, I'm sorry. Yeah, and and it's because it's because on mine the damage is to the the mounting points where the key attaches so like if, if the key itself the key cap was broken that's super easy but the thing attaches to the top case in, with like six little pins right. and one i think two of those on mine are damaged and so that's that's the issue there's no way to re- get in there without opening it up and to open if you open right. it up you break the whole thing right like you're, you, you're you haven't it. really got a choice hmm. yeah it's not it's not ideal uh there's more to the story but i will save that for a future follow-up but uh, so yeah, it, it is it is underway. What a saga! Not over yet. I will I will check in when it's actually fixed. <laughs> Google has been doing some stuff with their iOS apps, but it's not the sort of stuff that we want. So Google search the Google search app, which I forget exists. <laughs> as yeah, where the assistant is, right? The Google assistant is in that app. Um, no, I think they actually have <laughs> that's a another Google, that's a, third, a Google assistant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh. Google app is like when you get the Google homepage, of course, and you get this custom view to navigate, um, Google search results, which is actually very nice. And mm. you also get the, what used to be called Google now, and it's now called something Google assistant. I don't know. Uh, it's basically like suggestions based on your web activity and Gmail, uh, messages. Like yeah. for example, I get shipment notifications from my Amazon uh, purchases, which is really useful because it tends to be you, really accurate and it works really well. You can prep the baker; the stuff is coming. Oh, that, that's another. That's another. Come on, don't don't bring it up again. Um, what <laughs> if the guy listens to to connected and now he connects the dots now. and and well, yeah, I guess. So just yeah, you spilled those beans, not me. Yeah. <laughs> so well, so that app has drag and drop. Google mm. Chrome, which no one uses, mm. I don't know who would be so silly mm. enough to use that on iOS, has drag and drop, but the Google Docs app does not. This is one of those things where I have a little bit more hope than I did before 
for Google Docs. They're moving quickly. Because this is the method of of kind of the way that Google updates. They start with like the less essential apps, then they move on to Chrome. Then eventually they get to Google Docs, right? Like this is how it happened with Split View. Like they kind of slowly move this stuff out because, I mean, we spoke about this. We spoke about this a few weeks ago. We spoke about it a bunch of times in the past. Google Docs seems like it is an incredibly complex application. And like mm-hmm. any change they have to make seems like it is really difficult to do because it's running mm-hmm. so much custom stuff. Um, yeah. But the the Chrome implementation works really well it does what i would expect it to i can drag urls i mean you could already do like the dragging of urls like in an like out of the app and in the app but you kind of had to like have the text cursor in the in the bar before you could drop the url but now it just pops up with a little plus button and you can just drop it in like or you can put it into the tab area and it just opens a new tab so that's all working exactly as i would have hoped yeah i wanted to ask you mike um because I know you, you I I've seen you use uh, Google yep. Chrome on on your iPads and iPhone. Um, can you do with drag and drop the thing where you select uh, you select a, some text on a web page and you when you drag it out, say into Bear or into Apple Notes, it keeps the formatting of the uh, selection. Surprisingly, yes, it does. Oh. I tested this today. Oh. So, like, I dragged a block of text um, from the Relay FM website. So it had okay. bold for the headings, and it had a bunch of links. Right, some are in line, some are uh-huh. you know just some are extra, just like URLs or whatever. And it did it perfectly. So I was able to just to drag it into. I dragged it into uh, one of the shelf apps. I dragged it into Workshelf, and then dragged it into Notes. Just so I, th- I figured, you know, let's put it through a couple of different apps, see what happens. And I dropped it into notes, and all the links were in line, and the headings were bolded, and everything. So, it, oh, very from nice. my for my opinion, like from the usage that I've had so far, it seems to work just as good as Safari. So mm-hmm. they've done a good job. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, of course, Google Chrome on iOS needs to use the same uh, rendering engine as uh, Safari. So um, they're using, I guess, some variation of WK WebView, the API that you know a bunch of other iOS apps use, including stuff like. Editorial, for example, uh, but I wanted to to double check that they were not doing some custom hacks to prevent that kind of drag yeah. and drop uh, no. feature. So, so that's so. nice. That's very yeah. nice. Yeah, um, I'm happy okay. with it. Like, I'm gonna use that a bunch. I hadn't really tried it because it wasn't really something that I thought about. Like, just because I'm used to stuff like that not working on iOS. Like, you know, I found a thing really just like really annoying in my mind that I can take that text, copy it, paste it, and not, and, and it loses the formatting. But if I drag yeah. and drop, it keeps the formatting. Like, why? Why? Yes. <laughs> guess, guess, oh. guess which framework was really thought through and mm. took a, a few years mm. of development. Copy and which paste, one, right? Uh, Copy paste has been un- has been untouched since like iOS four. <laughs> it's it's mind boggling. Like, it, because yeah. I still thought that none of this stuff was working until I thought, oh, let mm. me drag and drop it. Oh, it works perfectly. So there you go. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Federico, you've been on a little bit of a crusade. So you put this tweet up, uh, I guess, yesterday. You're running a Twitter poll of the worst iOS app experience. Yes. And uh, what <laughs> prompted this and how's it going? Well, uh, what prompted this is that each one of these four apps, whenever I open, whether it's... Uh, so the four apps are Slack, Google Docs, Dropbox, and Twitter for iPad. And whenever I open one of these, I, I'm something goes wrong or I'm so upset that it's so bad. Either the design is bad or the features are bad or the performance is terrible. And so in my mind, these are the four horsemen of the uh, worst on iOS. Uh, Whenever you see these apps approaching, uh, bad things are going to happen. And 
I wanted to double check with followers on Twitter, um, like, what do you think is the worst among these really bad apps? And so right now we are uh, two days left and 1,700-something Can uh, I just clarify something super quick about the phrasing of this, like really bad apps? Yeah. I I don't think they're really bad apps. They're just apps that are not great at using conventional iOS things or new APIs and new frameworks. And there is there is something that links all of these applications together and it's cross-platform, like big cross-platform mm-hmm. apps. And I think mm-hmm. that tends to be the problem. Like they're either doing custom stuff so it works everywhere or they're using a bunch of web views so it'll work everywhere and they're like trying to make the, 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 the experience consistent. So I just wanted to say, I, I don't think that these, these apps are like inherently bad, right? Because I've used a bunch of really bad apps. They are just apps mm-hmm. that are not good at staying up to date. Mm-hmm. Is that maybe a mm-hmm. fair way to 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 describe them, do you think, Federica? Well, for you. For me, uh, You're these just are just bad. bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. No, for me, okay. a- anything that doesn't, uh, doesn't take advantage of the native stuff is just bad. Okay. And there's varying levels of bad that I can tolerate in my life, but these are really bad. Uh, that's, that's how my scale goes. Um, and the worst part is that I need to use these apps uh, because there's no... Either they have no open API or there's no alternative or the alternatives that exist like Tweetbot, for example, they don't have full access to the um, native service functionalities like Twitter polls, for example, which I needed to create in the Twitter for iPad app. Anyway, uh, right now we are at 1,700 votes, uh, more or less, and Google Docs is uh, not surprisingly winning the race so far with 37% of uh, votes. Trailing behind Google Docs is Twitter for iPad with 30%. And this is the real intriguing part to me that I want to see how it ends. Uh, But Dropbox is third with 16%. And uh, actually Slack is third with 17%. And Dropbox is last with 16%. So only 1% dividing Slack, which in my opinion is an incredibly bad um, iOS application from Dropbox, which used to be a kind of decent app, but it's been getting so bad for me. Uh, not just in the sense of, this is not a case of bad performance from Dropbox, but just bad design and bad priorities. Yeah, I, um, I would argue that like the Dropbox app is mostly good, but they are making bad decisions, right? Like They integrate yes. with the system. They, they seem to, to do a lot of that stuff, but their badness right now is coming from their horrible redesign stuff. Because yeah. this is leaking into the app in weird and stupid yeah. ways. Like these images, yeah. these like hand-drawn scribbly <laughs> images that keep popping up all over the place. That doesn't make it... A, I mean, that's a poor design choice, but that doesn't make it a bad app. That's a... My point is that that, that is a stylistic change, whatever. But th- it seems to me like that focus on doing this fancy redesign and letting your creative energy flow um, is working against increasing the functionality of the app. For example, the other day I was um, listening to this uh, audio file and I noticed that the title of the uh, file was truncated in the title bar and there were no other controls, no artwork, but just this illustration in the middle. And you could say, well, it used to be that way before too. You used to have a different illustration. Uh, So it's not like Dropbox changed anything. My point being, if you took the time to redesign the screen, why not increase the options? Why not make the 
experience, the practical experience better. Instead, you just prioritized having these fancy illustrations come into the app and replace whatever was in place before. But you took the time to change that screen, so why not make it better? instead of just look different. Because, I mean, someone had to code the image to go in there, so you clearly have people working on the app and making changes, but you're making bad changes. You're making the wrong changes, in my opinion. So this is the Twitter poll we're running. Um, two days left. Um, I think Google Docs is going to win, uh, if only because there's so much uh, baggage when it comes to Google Docs. Uh, it seems like it's the clear winner. Um, but I want to see what happens in the, you know, maybe Twitter for iPad. I mean, it also like an excellent example of really not understanding the platform that it runs on and, you know, doesn't take advantage of the big iPad screen in any meaningful way. But I want to see between Slack and Dropbox what happens because, you know, Slack is also... I was expecting, honestly, Slack to be in second place. Uh, so we'll see. This is a good exper- a good experiment, I think. Yeah, um, my vote went yeah. for Dropbox, but uh, my vote went for Google Docs. I should say, by the mm-hmm. way, I voted yeah. Google Docs. Can can I vote for? It seems like I cannot vote. Well, you for... can just say what do you think is the worst. Um, personally, I want to say Slack. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Why? Yeah. Um, so so many glitches and bugs uh, all day long mm-hmm. on every single release. They say they fix something, but it n- it never is fully true. And I know the software is never really perfect, but this is an especially bad case of ever-growing bugs around the app. Like yesterday, for example, I discovered that if I open Slack really, um, if I open Slack and I hit the text field and then I start typing right away with my keyboard connected with a smart connector, it skips characters. So I need to open Slack, wait a few seconds, hit the text field, and then start typing. Uh, so if you do that really quickly, it, like the entire app um, sort of slows down and it doesn't accept text. Or, you know, missing notifications or getting a black screen when you open the app from a notification and having to force... There's so many things going wrong with Slack. And I'm also a paying subscriber because I love Slack the service, but it's a really bad iOS app. Yeah, like the, the underlying service and what it enables is really good, but I, I mostly yeah. agree that... Like my biggest problem with Slack is emoji. Like, I cannot fathom why they are so bad at adding new emoji. We have a whole new set of emoji coming out in like a few weeks' time. They mm. have not added into the app support for the well, previous set. And they yeah. are, like, so much of their brand is focused around it. Like, so, like, you, you mm. don't get these emojis in the emoji picker or in their, like, text selection stuff. You have to add them in. And then when you do, they stay really small. They don't get bigger like other... Like, your brand is emoji. You use it everywhere. <laughs> like, how... I, it, it's it, ma- maddening to me. It, imagine if there was a standard that um, controlled how text is shared between mm. devices and platforms. So you could call it something like... Single code or, or universal unique code. code, universal code, or universal is code. Yeah, you know that 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 would be an interesting name. Universal <laughs> code. It's a little long. Maybe we could shorten it somehow. Maybe yeah. it could be shorter. I don't, I'm not sure how, mm. but it could be shorter. What about codeversal? Maybe universal co. Mm, uh, yeah, that could good. be an idea. That's good. That's good. Mm, yeah, okay, let's go with that. All right, Stephen. Which one do you think? Uh, I've voted for Google Docs. Mm, okay. um, I think I think for the same reasons we've talked about, but also my my favorite is that if you open an app or open a document, sometimes it takes like 
five or six seconds for it to start syncing the changes to the doc. So you open it and you freak out that none of your changes are there. And then you just wait and wait and then it pulls them in. Uh, the performance on it is really hit or miss. What I think you're actually thinking, you open the doc and you're like, oh my God, none of my co-hosts have done any work. And you're just sitting there thinking they none oh of them put any god, notes Oh my god, yes, yes. That's what it is. So it's, not, it's not that like, oh, I open it and uh, my changes aren't there. You open it and think those lazy bums haven't done any work. That's what's actually going yeah. on. Yeah. I know how you think. All right, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends at Smile, and I want to talk to you about the PDF Pen family of products. PDF Pen equips you with everything that you need for more powerful PDF editing. And there's a whole family, there's a whole suite of products that you can get. So you can get PDF Pen 3 for iPad and iPhone, which is the ultimate mobile PDF editing tool. It is with you at all times. You can take it in your pocket, you can take it in your bag. It's very simple to use. It's like a Swiss army knife because it has all of the tools that you're looking for and you can have it with you on the go. You can add notes, comments, cloud annotations. You can fill out and sign interactive PDF forms and with their equipped services, they're, they're already they're already for iOS 11. This is a great app. PDF Pen 3 is a fantastic app that is ready for drag and drop. So you can drag and drop text and images in and out. I love that it's got great support for files, so you can very easily edit in place, and you can drag and drop stuff in, and it's it's fantastic. I'm a big, big, big fan of PDF Pen 3. There's also PDF Pen Scan Plus, which is a great app that lets you scan receipts and things like that. So it's a great way to add OCR to your mobile toolkit, and it's like dealing with tasks like scanning receipts and uploading them and all that sort of stuff. It's done really easily. I was using that a bunch when I was traveling. And of course, there is PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro for the Mac as well, which has some new fantastic features, uh, like the ability to create PDFs, export them to Word, and then back to PDF again, uh, which I really like the ability to move those back and forth because all the time I get Word documents that I need to sign somehow, which is which is kind of a uh, difficult thing to take care of. And if you've been thinking about going paperless, now's the time to do it. With PDF Pen, you have everything that you need to break the cycle of scanning, printing, faxing, signing, and all of that mess. See what the PDF Pen family can do for you. Get everything that you need for more powerful PDF editing by going to smilesoftware.com podcast and let them know that you came to them from this show. So go to smilesoftware.com slash podcast, and they'll ask you, "How? hey, how did you hear about this? And you just say, connected. Thank you so much to PDF Pen from Smile for their support of this show. So Federico, as well as having mm. a poll uh, for mm. our listeners, you also have a quiz that you mm. would like people to, well, the, to The way you say, in. you make it sound like I have a... You make it sound like I have a poll in my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have like funny. a it's a festivus poll that you keep at home uh, that people can come and come come and see and celebrate. No, you have a uh, a game a quiz. I don't really know how you would describe a game this. Game quiz. Something like this. What have you yeah. got? What you sent me? You sent me and Stephen an image. The image will be yes. in the show notes. And you said yes. I want you and our listeners to guess what I'm yes. using this for. And what it is? So- it is a box with an Nvidia Shield Pro. 4K yes. HDR media server. Yes, it's a, an Android TV device. Um, that oh, I, is that what it is? Hmm, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a Nvidia Shield Pro. It's a, it runs Android TV, um, and it's uh, the the one of my one of my latest uh, purchases from Amazon. I mean, besides the Amiibo, um, and I would like you both and our listeners throughout the week uh, to try to guess why, because I realized that this might be an unusual um, device for me. I mean, it runs Android TV, an NVIDIA Shield. I never I never talked about this before. Um, 
So why do you think I bought this? I think it is because it inc- it is a Plex Media server. It can do that. It is a device with an inbuilt Plex Media server. So I think you have bought a device which has 4K HDR. So when you get a 4K HDR TV, because I don't think you have one yet, you can use that. But you can also host all of your Plex videos on there. So you can watch them on the TV and then also when you're on the go and it's all in one thing rather than needing to do it all on a Synology. But I already have a Plex server on the yeah, Synology. Yeah, but you always move stuff around, Federico. This is something that you do. You have a thing and you set it up and then you're like, oh, I could optimize this. And then you move on to another thing and you do the same thing you were doing before, but on something Yeah, else. I don't know who would do that. So I That's think crazy. that you don't want to host it on the Synology anymore and you want to do it all on the uh, NVIDIA Shield instead. What do you think, Steven? Honestly, Plex was, uh, was my, what are my choices? Uh, the other is maybe some sort of like political statement about TVOS and gaming. Political statement. Okay. <laughs> you know? uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know much about the Nvidia Shield, so I'm gonna defer to Mike and say it's it's Plex slash you being bored with your setup and changing things. So Federico, how can people send in their their guesses? Uh, send an email. Send an email to Mike. <laughs> no, don't no. do that. Just want you to know, if you send an email to me with your guess, I will archive the email. I don't want that. All right. Twitter is way better for this as a system. We can either select an account for it to tweet to, or we can use a hashtag. There are many better ways. So, okay. Tweet to underscore connector FM and use the hashtag Teachy Shield. Okay. That's what you need to use. Okay. Teachy Shield. And uh, we'll uh, follow up uh, next week. I yeah. uh, will put all of this in the show notes, including like where you should send a tweet to and everything. Yes. Yes. Perfect. All right. This will be fun. And uh, and if you want if you want to issue your official uh guess, um uh, you need to this is the entire point of the game. It's a very specific reason why I'm doing this. So I want you to try to guess the specific motivation behind my uh, mm. decision to use this device. So I'm assuming that me and Steven have not gone specific enough yet. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time thinking on that. Okay. So it needs to be, there's, there's really one single specific reason. Oh, okay. And, and, and that is mm. the reason why I bought this specific device. <laughs> um, wow. So, uh, yeah. So try to guess that. Uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll follow up next week. Okay, I'm going to okay. spend some more time thinking about this. I'll send if I have any better ideas, I'll send my uh I'll send mine into with that hashtag too. Yeah, I, I maybe was I can see now that I'm going too broad now you've said that. Very specific. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're thinking about this now. I'm, this is, I'm going week. now. <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, <laughs> you know that, that the meme of Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia with like the papers on the wall and the red string? That's going to be well, me now well, for the rest I of the can, week. I can, I can tell you that you can easily guess if you go back either in the uh, Connected episodes where we discussed my home media server setup and where you... Uh, also, maybe on Mac Stories Weekly, but if you if you take a look at the products and devices that I mentioned, I think it's easy to guess why, and it's easy to guess the reason why. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, we'll see if anyone gets it. Yeah, All right. We'll see. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, Federico, you're not the only person who bought something with an unclear reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. 
So the the bridge keyboard, which no, talked talked a lot about on relay shows. Uh, There are a couple links to upgrade episodes where uh, Jason and Mike, you tried one too, didn't you? So what happened is Jason bought this keyboard. He had problems with it. They sent him a new one. Then he professed it to be the best keyboard that he's ever used for his iPad. So I bought one. And went through yeah. two units that didn't work, which is, this yeah. is a, and we found out after doing this and, and getting feedback from listeners, this is a very normal thing for Bridge. It tends to be that their products, most of the time, do not work properly. So that's with the 12.9. They announced a while back that there was going to be a 10.5 inch version. That's the iPad that I have. And, you know, I take jason's recommendation seriously is that hey you know what i should check this out he likes it we have similar taste and 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 what we like and so i ordered one and it came in earlier this week and i have some i have some early thoughts so there'll be a link in the show notes to go look at this keyboard but basically when it when your ipad is sitting in it it looks like a macbook like it is it is gray with black keys yep it has function row a function row with keys on it and I think the idea is it's supposed to feel like you're typing on not the 2016 garbage keyboard, but the good one before it. Mm-hmm. The 10.5, unfortunately, inherited some of the flaws of its bigger sibling. So I have not had the Bluetooth dropping keystroke missing problems that other people have had, but I've had some some other issues. Um my favorite is that some of the keys squeak when you depress them. <laughs> oh, God. So, so the, the D key is by far the worst. Oh. And what, if you look at it head on, the D key is not centered in the little channel that I'll, it, I'll that it su- depresses into. You need to replace the top case. I know. It needs a new top case. It rubs on the right side and it goes, I, I, I should have, it's inside. I should have brought it out to the office to, so you could hear it. It was like, eek. Eek, eek, every time you hit the D key. Uh, a couple other keys do it. It's the D like, key is by far the worst. It's, it's like this keyboard is crying as you're it typing is. on it. I am too. It's hard to tell who's crying harder. Are, are you sure is, it's not you making because the, 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 the sound? This, this thing's like $160. Um, oh, geez. The keys, that, so squeak, squeaking aside, if you can just put that aside for a second, which is a deal breaker in and of itself. If that was the only problem, I would still be returning it. But uh, I don't like the key feel. They're, they, they, they feel small in a way that I don't think they need to. I think they could be closer together. The way this thing works, so it's, it's Bluetooth. It doesn't use the smart connector. And the way the iPad connects to the keyboard is the keyboard has these little hinges that flip up. And you sort of slide the iPad into them. Uh, and Jason showed me the trick. Like These hinges are very snug. I felt like I was sort of squishing my iPad to get it in there. And they're coated with a little, there's a little rubber piece. So it's a metal hinge and a little rubber like liner. And on the left hinge, when I put the iPad in, the rubber comes off and slides down with the iPad. And so you have this like (laughs) metal square hinge, like millimeters from the glass on the front of the iPad, (laughs) which is not, not what you want. (laughs) So the key squeak, I feel like it's going to just destroy the front of my iPad if I'm not super careful with it. But the real kicker, the, the real I've saved the best one, is the iPad sits too far down in the hinges. 
and you can't <laughs> activate multitasking with the swipe up from the bottom <laughs> because oh. you can't reach the bottom of the screen. So with the, with the older, like with the 9.7 or 12.9, those side bezels are still bigger and they work, but they didn't take this into account when designing the 10.5. They didn't make the hinges shallow enough. And like, even like wedging your finger in between the iPad and the keyboard, you cannot reach the bottom far enough to activate the dock, which I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but iOS 11 has a new multitasking system. Oh, Have you guys seen oh, this? Really? Oh, really? It's incredible. Oh, man. I should, I should read some reviews of that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's a walkthrough somewhere you could read. But you can't you can't activate <laughs> it without without the keyboard trick. You can't reach the bottom of it. So I'm like, I, I spent a day and a half with it. I emailed them today before starting the show. I was like, please just send me a label. I'm just, I need my money back. Like this so is. So I want to just, <laughs> before we get follow up, right? Probably mm-hmm. let's, there's one thing there's one thing I know and there's one thing that I kind of know. Uh, the one thing that I know is that there is a keyboard shortcut for activating the dock. Yes. Right? So you can do that. I'm also assuming that if you, they have a home button, right, key, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that if you double tap that, it will probably go into multitasking mode. You know, probably. Although you can double tap the, the home button. But it's not the point. Right, it's just like this is this is this isn't you not knowing the device that you're building, and I understand right. that when they built this, right, because they show it like their website, they all of the product images are iOS 10, um, so I I get that they didn't. But know we this. knew about we knew about the 10.5 inch iPad mm-hmm. minutes away from knowing about iOS 11. It's like they stopped watching the keynote. They're like, oh, I guess that's all there is. We should get started on this and like turn the stream <laughs> off. I just didn't notice. It's like, right, we got all the information we need. But the point is, yeah. the, irrespective of all of that, right? Like, if you can't activate it, it means that it's gone too. It's too far down anyway. Like, whether the dock mm. is there or not, like it's too far yeah. down. Yeah, right? You can't, you can't bring the dock up at all. You can't reach the bottom edge. So yeah, they failed. Surprise, surprise, yeah. surprise, surprise. Bridge failed. I want to like yeah. it. I really do. This was me. Like, I, I, re- I, I. It was perfect. Right. It's. It is. Not a case, it's just a keyboard, right? So it doesn't add mm, yeah. 17 pounds. And yeah. it has a infinitely adjustable hinge and a great keyboard. Yeah. It was exactly so, what I was looking for with mine. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Bluetooth, which isn't ideal, but the battery lasts a really long it's, time. It's, it's backlit, which is awesome. Yep, but they just fail in so many peculiar ways. And I didn't, I didn't even mention, so I ordered it when we were in Chicago. I got an email the next day from them. Like, Hey, your order's been dispatched. And then I got a second email from them that day saying, oh, by the way, some of our early units, the left hinge <laughs> isn't mounted like center on its post and you can't put the iPad in it and you need to like let us know and we'll send you a new one. Like shipping from the factory, the left hinge of some of these is broken already. Uh, mine did not display that issue. It was like the first thing I checked out of the box. So I guess mine is late enough in the run where they caught it. But it's like not that's not what you want to see. Like you, you just spend a bunch of money on something, and then uh, they send you email like, "Oh, it may be broken. Like just just let us know. You know, we may have we may have messed this up." So it's um it's going back, and their customer support's been really great. But yeah, they do have good customer support. Right, we've all returned keyboards to them now. <laughs> they, they should they should really pivot as a delivery company because they're really good at shipping and returning items and mm-hmm. taking care of shipments um, yeah. so that that's something they they got going for them brutal uh, brutal but i mean uh i'm i'm just sad because this is my, also my ideal keyboard it looks great it's got the uh, you know you can adjust the hinge whatever you want but 
it's also kind of not a keyboard because it really doesn't work for a, like literally everyone I talked to who bought a Bridge product uh, specifically for the iPad Pro they had at least one or two units yeah. that they needed to send back which is not a good sign no. I think right. and, <laughs> and you know if I were um, if I were in love with the way it felt and didn't squeak you know like okay but you can't fix the hinge depth issue like i can't they can't replace it and it'd be better and again you can use the keyboard shortcut and stuff but that's so ingrained already um and when the dock is up with the keyboard shortcut you only kind of see the top two-thirds of the icons because the bottom of it is like slid below your field of view it's just it's not great federico you bought some stuff i've bought some stuff dear listener it is now your turn to buy some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have over at relay.fm slash store, we have a, the triumphant return of the AirPod sticker case uh, that makes it look like a, a thing of floss and it looks like a cinnamon, cinnamon flavor floss, which is nice. But we're doing it as a, a bundle, two stickers, and a cool fresh shows t shirt. Yep. Uh, this is a pre order. Uh, so, so note that they will ship in mid December. But this stuff looks awesome, and we're super excited about it. Yep. So it's an awesome T-shirt with the original design, and then we have a version two, uh, of which is red now instead of green, of the stickers, and you get two of them now. So you can use one on your AirPods case now, and then when you buy a new one, so you can use the inductive <laughs> charging later on. So we think about you. We think about you. You'll have yeah. a second. Um, they're really great. I have had my AirPods sticker on my uh, AirPods for a long time now, and I'm looking forward to replacing it with a red one. Uh, as Steven said, we're going to be... Okay, so here's the thing. We put these up on our store, the original stickers, a while back, and they sold out in like an hour or something. Like it was yeah, hun- it was bonkers. Hundreds of them. Yeah, we, we, we sold hundreds of them in like an hour. So we decided this time we wanted to make sure that we gave a period of time that everybody that wants this can get it. So we're doing the pre-order, and then it's going to ship later on. Uh, we also decided to bundle it up with a T-shirt for a bunch of reasons. One, because it's awesome and cool. Uh, the other is like it helps with the shipping, because especially with some of the international shipping, it's fixed rate anyway, whether we send just two stickers in an envelope or a T-shirt, right? <laughs> like it's the, so we figured, why not do it all? I think it's a cool package um, and uh, probably a good holiday gift as well. So there you go. There you go. So go check it out. We got it in the store. It's only $25, and uh, we're going to be shipping them all out from Atlanta. I'm sorry if you're international. Uh, we can only ship these from our fulfillment center in Atlanta, which is provided by the wonderful folk over at NOC. Uh, there's no way we can do it from Europe, I'm afraid. So there is a more expensive uh, shipping here. But if you're a Relay FM member, don't forget to check your email. Uh, in the last newsletter, there is a code that you can use to get. What is the percent off, Stephen? Uh, members get 15% off. Right, so there's a code if you're a Relay FM member to get 15% off anyway. But yeah, so that that's the case. That's the, the well, that's the stickers for the case and um, a t-shirt and you should buy them and then you can be cool and fresh too, just like your AirPods. So Mike, I woke up this morning like I do most mornings with text messages in our connected thread and mm-hmm. uh, then uh, in that was a direction to go to Twitter you had quite the morning, so share your share your morning with the class. <laughs> so I, I didn't even really want to, um, but but you wanted me to because because it was like I was just so annoyed and and, and I'm just over, like it's done now. 
But okay, I will share my morning with you. I'm going to put in the show notes some Twitter threads. Uh, I also just wasn't very good at uh, Twitter threads today, um, just adding to the whole hilarity of everything. So there's two tweets. Um, there's different parts of this Twitter thread that kind of can illustrate to you the problems that I had this morning. So I was on my iPad. I was on iOS 11, not on a beta version, just standard iOS 11. And I was in the Files app, and I wanted to clean out some files that I had in there. I had like three PDFs and some like attachments that have been downloaded. I had like five things. So I selected them all, right? So like I did like, I think there's like a button to select multiple things. I selected them all. I pressed delete. When I pressed delete on these five items, I 100% just had these five items chosen. An unknown amount of things deleted from my uh, iCloud drive storage container in the Files app. So I had a long list of folders, and a lot of them just disappeared. They were gone. Namely, one of these, the most important one, was my Pages folder, which has like 120 documents in it. Now, I have backups of all of this stuff because usually these things go from iCloud to somewhere else. But I also just didn't want to lose them because I very frequently open pages and I go to a recent document and I duplicate it, right? So it's just simple. But they were all gone. The folders were gone. The documents were gone. If I searched for the pages folder, I could find it in search, but couldn't. But then when I accessed it, there was nothing in it and it wasn't showing anywhere. When I opened the Pages app on, I was on my 12.9 inch iPad Pro, it brought up the file picker, but no Pages folder. When I created a new document, it just saved it to whatever location I chose. I then was like, ah, something bad has happened. Let me force quit. Force quit, nothing. Restarted, nothing. These folders were just gone. It's like, you know, I've seen stuff like this before. Files can be a bit weird at times. So I decided to go to my 10.5 inch iPad Pro. It saw the exact same stuff. All the files were gone. Um, they, they, All the folders were gone. All the files were gone. Again, no idea just how many, right? Because it was just, I don't keep a, a list anywhere of all the folders that I have in my iCloud drive. It's just a bunch of apps that there. Container folders in there, right? They're all gone. Uh, I went to the, the small iPad. They're all gone in files. I opened pages uh, on the, the small iPad. Pages wouldn't open. I was just a white screen, what? blank white screen. Wouldn't open. I assume Thanks. because it's looking for something that doesn't exist. Jesus. Uh, so I decided, I thought to myself, right. The, oh, and the recently deleted, so it was recently deleted, just had a bunch of random files, none of the folders, and none of, and like huge, like just not there, like a ton of stuff not there. It's like, right, so how can I fix this? So I thought, right, the container of truth or whatever is iCloud. So I grabbed my iPad, I went to iCloud.com, it tells me that I can't use <laughs> that website on an iOS device. So I requested the desktop version, got the desktop version, and couldn't find... Yeah, so I went to pages. That was just spinning. Nothing, right? All I could do was create new folders. Uh, sorry, new files in the on, the on the web in pages. Didn't have any of the files there. So I thought, ah, okay, what can I do? Well, I know that I back my Mac up with Time Machine, and I know that iCloud Drive, all that stuff is locally stored right, on, on the device. So I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll go there. So I went to my Mac. I turned it on. My Mac had the exact same amount of folders, like the six folders or whatever that was on my iOS devices in the Files app. So then I went to Time Machine. 
Time Machine had a like almost three times the amount of folders, right? Just loads, lots and lots and lots of things that have disappeared. Um, some of them, honestly, that I didn't even know were there. Uh, so I, I don't really know what, where this was all being pulled from. But yeah, there's, there was a lot of stuff that just wasn't showing. So the first thing I did, and this I was kind of, tr- I was fooled by this, right? It, it, just the UI wasn't very clear to me. The restore button is grayed out in Time Machine. Now, what I actually needed to do, which I didn't know, was to select each folder that I needed to, uh, to what I wanted to restore. Like, in my mind, I don't know why I thought this, but you, there would just be a restore button and I'd hit it and it would replace everything, right? But it didn't do that. Um, I ended up later on doing this, but this is another part of the story that I'll come back to in a minute. So then I went to iCloud.com because maybe there was stuff in there that I wasn't finding. People were telling me that there is a file, like a more file recovery restore files thing. So I went to the restore files on iCloud.com and there was a list of files. It was like 120 files or something. No folders, just the files. And there was 100% not everything in there because the files that I actually wanted to delete, right? So what started all of this, they were not showing up in the restore files dialog. They were not there. A lot of my my pages documents were there, but I do not have faith that I restored everything because I didn't restore the things that I purposely deleted. So where are they? So does that mean that there are other things that I don't know about? Right. So this is where I am at this point. Uh, then I decided that I would just restore these files. There's 142 files. I started restoring them. Then I got an error on iCloud. So this is on iCloud.com. iCloud driver stopped responding. I got that error. Uh, it had a very helpful create radar button, which I decided to just ignore uh, and press the send to Apple files thing. I'm just not going to file a radar for this. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Not a developer in this uh. instance. I'm merely a customer, right? Customers shouldn't file radars. That's not what this is. You can send feedback, oh right? Feedback Ooh. is a different thing to radar, right? The feedback system that you can get on iOS betas is way more friendly than the radar system. Wait, you don't... Do you mean we're not morally obligated to fighting radars? Turns out, yeah. Turns out you don't have to do that. I didn't want Interesting. to do that. Uh, Interesting. So I decided that what I would do, be helpful, I press the send to Apple button. So it sent some diagnostics. Someone can look at that somewhere if they really want to. Uh, but I decided that considering I was dealing with a potentially massive data loss problem, I did not have the time in my day to sit down and create a radar for it. Sorry, everybody. That's just where I was in my day. Uh... Then I I refreshed the page. There was nothing left to restore. So I'm assuming that it restored all of those files. And then somehow iCloud balked and just died on me. So what it ended up being was I had some of my files back. The I and they were in iOS. The folders were back, right? So when I restored the files, it somehow restored the folders. And I had a pages folder with 111 documents back. I have no idea if that's the right amount, but they were back. Um, then the Mac saw them too. But then what I did was I thought because somebody said to me, oh, you can select files, right? And in, in the time machine, you can press restore. So I was like, okay, I'll do that and kind of compare them. So I did that. I selected the files. I pressed the restore button. And what I had was 36 folders with the name documents. <laughs> which is again not very helpful uh because what i'm assuming is and i could click into them that these are by application right but one i don't necessarily know which one relates to which and two i can't then take those and put them back into icloud drive when the pages folder didn't exist there was no folder anymore and i couldn't recreate it 
So this is where I am. I have some stuff back. There is some stuff that I know isn't there that I wanted to delete but couldn't restore. So I know that that couldn't come back. So what that means for me now is I am having the worst kind of data loss problem. I don't know exactly what I've lost, which I think is the worst kind of problem, right? Knowing knowing what you've lost is one thing, but not knowing what's gone is is more concerning to me. Now, this is all in Backblaze, but in Backblaze, I'm going to have the exact same problem as I have with Time Machine because it's just going to see it the way that macOS sees it. And for some reason, macOS sees these iCloud Drive documents as just these weird folders that when they're backed up, you can't restore them as they were. And so I'm just going to be in the same problem with that. So the files are in theory there, right? And again, just to, to I'm just trying to make sure I round out my discussion here by bringing up all the points that have been brought up to me today. Why do I use iCloud Drive? I use iCloud Drive because pay, apps like Pages, that's where the file storage goes. That's just where it goes, unless you choose to save it somewhere else. When I'm done with a Pages document, I export it to Dropbox. But these are all the working files, and this is the copy files and stuff like that. Some applications they create on iOS, their, their whole file structure just lives in iCloud Drive. There's, that's just where it is. And also, I never had a problem before, and I didn't expect that when I deleted a random PDF document, it was going to also take down my Pages folder with it, which it wasn't even inside, right? This isn't something yeah. that I had anticipated. So I can tell you, I will use this less, but apps like Pages, if I create a new document, this is just where it saves it, right? Like, this is just where it goes. So... Yeah, this is where I am. I'm very frustrated with my morning because, as is usual with a lot of this stuff, especially iCloud-related, I have very, very little control as a user for how to restore this stuff. And something happened which is out of my control, and I don't really have the tools that I want. So, like, for example, if this happened with Dropbox, I can go in and restore all the folders. Their restoring feature is fantastic. It has everything. I've done this so many times. You can restore files. You can restore folders. If you restore a file, it reinstates all of the document structure that it was built in. So if it was in six nested folders, it recreates all six nested folders so it keeps the context. iCloud Drive, whilst showing that it has a restore files dialog, it was nowhere near as clear, and I know it didn't restore everything. So this is where I am. So this is uh, just horrible, Mike, and I feel like I need to tell you that you're going to get a bunch of people uh, who are going to be well actually on Twitter and come up with all kinds of crazy explanations, and I just want to yeah. tell you first, it's not your fault. Oh, I this know it's just... not my fault, <laughs> but thank you. No, I just want to make sure that, uh-huh. that you know that you know where I stand. It's just a terrible service, and I think we we discussed in the past that... One of the problems with Apple services, and especially iCloud Drive, is that it's just so opaque, and it doesn't show you what is going on behind the scenes. There's there's an argument to be made for simplicity, right? But when that comes at the expense of user control and data loss and being able to restore your data, well, that that is not simplicity, that is bad design. And I believe this is a case of bad design with the very practical and problematic conclusion which is now you don't know how many files you lost and you had to go through this hellscape of a data restore process um i'm i'm really sorry that this happened to you and um it's a you know it should be like a 
Apple should consider these stories. You know, uh, well, for example, when Apple had the pro- uh, when Stephen had the problem with the photo library, and uh, you know, I remember a bunch of stories from Twitter. Like, you this this shouldn't happen uh, in the sense of a user shouldn't have to go through this. It should be a simple button that says restore deleted files. Dropbox get this right. Other cloud services get this get this right. Why do you have to slap this sense of this is so simple, this is so artistic, this is so intuitive on top of a cloud service when when bad stuff happens? And this is bad stuff, right? This is there's no way around it. This is not an opinion. This is just a bad problem and a bad design. It's not like, well, I think iCloud Drive is great. Well, that that is not helpful because we're I know we're gonna get a bunch of people saying, oh. They're complaining about iCloud Drive. I think iCloud Drive is perfect. It's never caused any problems for me. Well, it causes problems for other people. I had that opinion until this morning, right? Hmm. It's right. fine to think right. that until your files get deleted, and then it's not so great anymore. Yeah, exactly. And now there's no there's no single magic fix to make sure that problems don't happen. But you can prevent this kind of process from happening by having options and features and a different design that allows the user to see what is going on, to control what is going on, and to easily restore stuff. This is not so difficult to have a restore feature. It's on the, it's, it's on the web somehow. Make it available everywhere. It's, it's not so difficult, really. And uh, this is just so terrible, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is... This was my, yeah. my, my, my biggest problem with a lot of this, right, was I have a busy day today and I spent an hour dealing with this. It's mm. like I, I am trying to be a professional user on iOS, right? Like, don't make me look a fool because that's how I feel, right? I feel like, oh, well, now I'm a fool for using this, right? Like, I, I chose to use what Apple was trying to say is the, the, the method for professionals, which is the Files app. And then the Files app just chewed up a bunch of my documents for me. Right, and so now, now who's the idiot? Right, it's me because then I spent a bunch of time on the Mac trying to deal with it, and the Mac can't handle it because the Mac's not built to understand how to use iCloud properly because it was bolted in. Right, so it creates these weird folders called documents, which doesn't make any sense when it's coming from a, an Apple Time Machine backup. Right, so it's like, where is all this stuff then? Where does it live? What is what is it supposed? Where? How am I supposed to use this Apple? Please tell me, because you're really making it difficult for me to, to keep to the year of optimism here when, when you, yeah. you delete like 200 of my files in in one, just in one strike. I only wanted to delete five and instead they cleaned up 200 for me. So thanks, In a different folder. Like, just completely different folders, like multiple folders. I, like my workflow folder was deleted with my like preferences. Like every, just like so many, right? It's like maybe like 10 folders, five folders, just yeah. all gone with all of their contents. Like, should you not maybe like if you if someone's deleting that amount of stuff, just be like, "Hey, do you want to delete this? Like, you're deleting like 200 files in one go. Are you sure about that? Like, if I do that on Dropbox, I get an email where they say, "Hey, yeah, 200 yeah. files got deleted. Do you want to check this is okay?" But yeah, hey, huh? Yeah, that you know the the opacity around all this I think is an interesting point. You know. For some stuff, that's fine, right? Like Safari bookmark syncing, contact syncing, those are pretty simple systems, right? You put data in and stuff happens. But with files, I absolutely agree that there should be 
there should be safety nets where, you know, like you said, hey, you're, you just deleted a bunch of stuff. That's weird. Are you sure you want to do that? No, I don't. It was an accident. Uh, or <laughs> we deleted it for you. Like that stuff just shouldn't be, be feasible. <laughs> you sure you wanted us to take care of that? Like your, your help? We, we got real excited. But the the lack of a decent recovery, especially from iCloud.com, is what is the grossest thing to me mm-hmm. here. That, yeah, like the files app shouldn't have done this. Uh, that's super bad in lots of ways. But your recovery should be bulletproof. Like, and forget Mac on the time machine, right? Like, lots of iCloud users don't use the Mac, uh, but iCloud.com recovery should be perfect. Like, that is the place that they should have that right. And the fact that it didn't work, like, I, you know, I've I've actually been on the fence about using iCloud Drive more, about putting some stuff in there that I would like accessible on the internet, but don't necessarily need all the time. Uh, and I'm I'm just not going to do it. Like, I just don't. Like, this is really worrisome and i hope that you know um you get this resolved i hope that maybe apple intervenes or if you decide to talk to apple about it but that recovery not working is is the most problematic thing i've heard in a long time about apple software so it's like okay so just the recovery thing right like it what i recovered it recovered well so the files that i recovered they went back into a fault. Like the pages folder was recreated somehow, and the pages documents were put back in it. But as I said, there, there were files that I had no, I had deleted that didn't come back. So like I don't know what's happened with those, right? Maybe they're still in recently deleted on my device, but why are they also not in the restore files dialog? And another thing is just the UI of the restore files dialog is is maddening. You can see four files right at a time, and it doesn't give any real context for them. And mm-hmm. that's kind of, and all you can do is you just select them and restore them. You can sort them, but that's that's kind of all you can do. Um, and then they delete permanently after 30 days. So it's good that they have something, but compare it to Dropbox and, you know, they're, they're miles apart, right? They're just miles apart. Like even just with the, the way that the UI is done. So on Dropbox, when you go do it on the web, you see a scrolling list as big as the screen can fit of all of your files in it. Just little yeah. things like that, right? Like, if I'm looking for a file, I'm going to have to scroll this list where I can see four at a time. And it's just not good. And you know what you're saying about, like, because I know you you had this, I know, Federico, you've had this where Apple contact you, someone, yeah. someone at Apple contacts you. I don't want yeah. that because that's not how this stuff should work. Right. I yep. shouldn't complain on Twitter and then somebody contacts me to try and fix this. That is not a solution to this problem. Because they will not do this for people like who are trying to get support. There might be something mm-hmm. you can do. Like somebody in the in the chat said that like they had this problem. So Apple reset the iCloud settings and data. So you mm, lose yeah. other information to get this stuff back. I also don't want that. Right? Like I don't want someone to say, like, Oh, we can we can we can restore it to yesterday and you're all good. It was like, no, but now what have I lost from today? Right? Like this isn't <laughs> yeah. a solution. Like I what I have, what where I am right now is where I'm going to stay, which is I've restored a bunch of things. I can see that that stuff that I need is back again, and I can use pages again. And what I've lost, I've lost. That's kind of just how this is going to be. And I'm just going to have to hope that I saved everything I needed in Dropbox, where it sh- everything should be. And who knows what other problems I'm going to pop into later on. But like, I I don't think that a real solution to this problem is 
like this is fine. I do, do you know what? I don't even know why I started tweeting about it, right? Like I don't know why I did it, but I was just I was just angry, so I started tweeting. But I don't want a resolution from it, like for someone to come and help me. It's uh, not I mean, you you're not paying a subscription every month to have someone from Apple call you on the phone and fix your problems. You're paying a subscription for iCloud Drive, which is a service that is supposed to just work. Mm-hmm. And also, it's not like everybody has twenty thousand followers on Twitter and can make you know can make noise and and get Apple people to notice and get PR people to notice and send you an email. This is stuff that should work at scale for millions of users. And yep. Once again, I wanna I wanna reiterate the message that it's not like we're asking Apple to be perfect because nobody is when it comes to web services. Not even Google Drive, not even Dropbox. I do not expect perfection. You, we do not expect that, but because we know that problems are going to happen, we should have the precaution of putting features in place before things go wrong so that when they do, you can actually fix them. Mm-hmm. That is all we're asking for. Yep. Well, mm. Mike... Um, I'm so, sorry, buddy. This was yeah. I didn't want to talk about it. I'm all angry now. <laughs> I, I just my my morning was destroyed and just wasted. And you know, I I part of me was tweeting it out of frustration. Part of me was tweeting it out of hoping that someone could fix, like, could, could give me a thing, like, oh, just just t- tick this and it's all good again. And people were giving me good solutions. There were there were a lot of like, why didn't you try this? Why didn't you try that? Like, I only I didn't even know that there was a restore function on iCloud. Oh, by the way. That the restore files thing is tucked away as a text link on the bottom left hand side of iCloud.com. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's uh, oh like, it looks, it looks like a footnote. <laughs> are in panic, that is not what you're looking for. So like I went to pages to take a look to see if it was there. Nothing's there. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like in the you know when you get like those you click on a website and it's like what is it called when they put like all the links of the whole page like file site structure or some name like that you know what I'm talking about site map or something it's called yes. it felt like yeah. that I was like navigating the site map because it was like oh it's like about like about tools help restore <laughs> files it's like really is that what you're putting this <laughs> wow all right, things go wrong. Things go wrong all the time, and sometimes you need to have safety nets. And that's why I want to tell you about Pingdom. Wow. You can start <laughs> monitoring your website and service today at pingdom.com slash RelayFM. You'll get a 14-day free trial when you sign up there, and if you use the code CONNECTED at checkout, you'll get 30% of your first invoice. Stuff breaks. Websites break. Websites go down, and you want to know when they do. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages with their customers every single month. That's 400,000 outages every day. They have an amazing network of 70 global test servers. These are emulating visits to your site constantly, checking its availability as often as every minute. And then if something goes wrong, you will be alerted. You will be alerted immediately so you can fix that error before the downtime will affect you. Pingdom have an iOS app. You can set up email alerts, SMS alerts, push notifications. There's so many different ways that you can get notified that something is going wrong. And this isn't just like a binary is my website up or down because websites are more complicated than that these days. They have several dependencies. So you can not only just give Pingdom the URL you want to monitor for your entire website, but you can also have them look at contact forms and e-commerce checkouts and logins, search functionality and tons more. So if anything breaks on your website, you will be the first to know. You just give Pingdom the URLs you want to monitor and you'll be immediately alerted if there's any problem at all. They have fantastic tools and services. We use them at Relay 
FM. And if we've ever had any problems with our site, we know because Pingdom tells us. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM for a 14-day free trial and use the code CONNECTED at checkout and you will get a massive 30% off your first invoice, which is just a great way to go check them out. Pingdom.com slash RelayFM, code CONNECTED at checkout for 30% off. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. So Federico, along mm. with your many polls and quizzes, <laughs> you you gave us a couple of mysterious topics this week. Uh, I've been a man of mystery this week. And uh, I think that this first one is going to make me feel a lot better. Yeah, yeah, this won't make you happy. Mm-hmm. So um, let's cut to the conclusion first. I'm using two iPads again. Uh, the, oh, the, no. the, Hashtag multi-pad lifestyle, everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah just, just get it over with now, Mike. Uh, use all the hashtags you want. Mike was mm-hmm. right, multi-pad lifestyle, all of them. Oh, I wasn't even going to say Mike was right. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. This is your moment. Uh, Uh These 20 seconds are for you. Uh, So, okay. Um, I'm using the the 10.5 iPad Pro and the 12.9, the second gen that I bought in June. And I'm doing this because I realized that I was missing having a bigger screen while I was uh, laying in bed at night and reading or watching videos that was not heavy, like my 12.9. So had you been using your iPhone for this? Is that when you, when you say a bigger screen? Yeah, I was using my iPhone. Uh, I have an iPhone Plus, which a lot of my friends actually use the, the Plus for watching Netflix and you know movies, YouTube at sure. night. But, Big screen. Uh, th- which, is, which is a good solution, but you know, after a while, uh, it gets... You know, I wanted something bigger, but I also didn't want to use my iPad Pro, which, you know, a recent development of the 12.9, we mentioned... Was it last week? I feel like it was a long time ago, but um, I'm using the slim combo case. So my 12.9 is now in the in the hard plastic case. And while I could do something like when the workday is over, I remove my iPad from the case and I go in the bedroom. I really don't want to remove the iPad from the case. It's one of those things like laziness eventually wins. Uh, I know that it's it's actually even better than the old Logitech Create case when it comes to removing the iPad from the shell. But I just don't want to do that. I feel like I'm going to break the case or the iPad is going to scratch or I'm going to hurt my fingers because it's hard plastic. And I, and I don't want to do that. And also, the iPad, is the 12.9 is heavy and you cannot use it with one hand uh, as comfortably as the 10.5. And on the other hand, the 10.5 is really great. Uh, it's really light. I really love the way that the device, uh, the, the screen extends towards the edges of the mm-hmm. iPad. So I had a talk with Sylvia and... I told her, look, um, you're now using the 10.5. I, uh, I, if you can, I would like it back, and you can, uh, you can use the my old iPad Pro 9.7. She was like, yeah, no. I don't, I don't care. Uh, she just uses it for, she just uses it uh, for music stuff, like downloading playlists and you know, really light usage of the iPad. She has a new MacBook Pro and she has an iPhone, so it doesn't really use the, she doesn't really use the iPad, and she was super fine with it. And so um, now I'm using the 10.5 with a smart keyboard uh, because I don't want to have a slim combo for the 10.5. I'm using it for uh, mainly in for watching movies and reading uh, my reading list in in bed. Uh, That's all I'm doing. Uh, Some very light email before I go to sleep or checking with uh, I'm on iMessage and Slack, but. 
And uh, I'm also planning to maybe use this iPad when I travel. Uh, by travel, I mean when twice a week I need to drive and spend two to, to three hours in the car waiting for my girlfriend and getting some work done. I, I'm probably going to try with the 10.5 because I feel like the 10.5 will be easier to use in the car as I'm sitting you know, behind the steering wheel and just waiting. Um, and yeah, this is about it, really. Um, I'm not... I'm still working from the 12.9 because um, most of my days I'm working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm done with the day and when I just want to relax, the other iPad is waiting in the bedroom and it's always charging, um, always ready to go. And I enabled automatic downloads for app updates and apps, which I do not enable on my main devices because I like to check manually. But on this other one, to reduce the stress of, well, now my things are out of date, I enabled automatic updates and everything seems fine. So, yeah. It's not really the multipad lifestyle. Like, it is. Not, no, it is. It, it is, but it not is. as much as you maybe because no, I, no, I know that no, you... No. You're using okay. it basically how I use it when I'm at home. All right. Yeah. So you are 100% in the multipad lifestyle. And again, the multipad lifestyle can be anything. It's just are multiple iPads in use in your life. If they are, yeah. then you live the multipad lifestyle. And you are living it. You're so, living it big so time, I, Federico. I I qualify as a as a multipad lifestyle member. Yes, you do. You, your your membership card uh, will be in the post to you. All right. All right. I, I think that you're yeah. using these devices perfectly, right? I a hundred percent think that this is the right thing. It's mostly how I treat these devices. The ten point five is the one that I travel with because it's easier to travel with, and I can get all my work done. I I, I remain firm in that I believe the ten point five inch iPad Pro is the best iPad ever made um, because it f- sits in the middle so perfectly that you can get most of what you need done on it work wise very comfortably, and it is more comfortable than the twelve point nine for enjoying media because it is more manageable um, and there's more screen in the in the package, right? So like it looks better to watch and read on because there's less bezels. Um, I, I think that it's a great device and it is the one that I recommend to people most of the time now, unless they, they, they want to have an iPad in their life, which is mainly going to stay in the same place, which both me and you have, right? So like the 12.9 is great for that. But if you also want to be able to enjoy lots of media, then... The 10.5 could be a better pick, but you know, I, I and Federico now both believe that the ultimate pick is to get both of them, um, because then, <laughs> then you can you can move around your life uh, as you desire. Yeah, and absolutely, I agree, and I feel like because this is the question that Sylvia asked me, and um, I started my response before I realized. Well, I'm I sound annoyed, and I, and I didn't mean to be annoying, but. It's a question that some people on Twitter ask almost sarcastically every single time. Oh, why don't you use a Mac? She didn't mean it that way, but I needed to explain the context around my frustration with that question. Um, and I think he also went through some of these, Mike. Uh, my my reason for this is, is that I don't want to use a Mac anymore. I just prefer iOS. I like working from iOS. And ideally, I would like to have iOS everywhere. And specifically, yep. I want to have the iPad software everywhere. Like, I want my kitchen table to have an iPad built in. I want my desk to a, to be an iPad. Like, if I could have iOS on a, on as many devices as possible, I, w- I would buy that kind of smart furniture if it existed. Uh, but right now, I just need to buy multiple pieces of glass, so multiple iPads. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to have an iMac. I don't want to have a Mac Mini. I don't want to have a Mac Pro in the future. I just want iPads. And we're, you know, 
thankfully now we have multiple form factors which is great um i don't know if in the future i will keep buying multiple ipads or maybe i'll just keep one of these and upgrade my main one like nah. 12.9 because that, that, that is trust me i don't know I, i'm just saying i don't know uh so <laughs> i'm just you know i'm i'm just saying uh, uh but yeah uh, this is uh the way i like to live my life and it's pretty it's pretty nice i have a question for you though all right, because you're okay. talking about the Mac. And a couple of days ago, you tweeted a picture of your Mac desktop. <laughs> oh, so what is that all about? What are you doing? Well, I'm talking to you from a MacBook Pro now. Uh-huh. Because I, yes, I know that <laughs> Lightning micro- microphones <laughs> exist. <laughs> yes, I'm aware that there's Ferrite on iOS. But mm-hmm. uh, due to the way that I like to record podcasts and that Relay needs to produce shows... I cannot do that from a single iPad or from a single iOS device specifically. Um, so I'm, I need to use a MacBook for recording shows, which is a, an important part of my life now. And I realized that my MacBook desktop, desktop situation was really messy. You know, like dozens of folders and files and screenshots all over the place. And also no real order when it came to which applications I had installed, how my menu bar looked. So a few days ago, I just took a couple of hours and I went through my Mac uh, as I used to do once a week years ago. Yeah, when you were writing those hot Mac tips. When I need, when I was writing the Mac tips, you you needed to know. Um, and uh, yeah, I just took a couple of hours. I cleaned up my desktop, uh, chose a different wallpaper, uh, which, by the way, comes from the My Nintendo website. So in theory, I'm not supposed to be sharing this because it's piracy. You need to redeem mm-hmm. your points. And also yep. you can see that I applied a slight modification to the wallpaper using Pixelmator. I removed the Nintendo logo from the right side. So now it's a pretty Super Nintendo right in the wow. center of the wallpaper. Yeah, yeah, I'm such a graphic designer. You, you can are. tell, I'm sure. Graphically um, it looks good. I, I, I posted this on Dribbble so everyone can comment and <laughs> vote for me. <laughs> I thought you um, were being serious for a second. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I got my menu bar with Bartender taking care of those extra icons that I don't need to see all the time. I only, I actually just noticed that Skype has a menu bar icon, which I don't understand why. Um, but I only keep the time, notification center, which you cannot remove, one password and copied, which is a, my clipboard manager in the menu bar. And music too, right? You have like a music thing in there. Oh yeah, there's a, that is called um, uh, Statusfy. I think it's a, it's a, like a custom menu bar widget for Spotify. And it shows you the cur- the name of the currently playing song and i had a surprisingly difficult time trying to find this kind of uh menu bar tool because all of them were like oh we're going to put a widget on your desktop no i don't want a widget on my desktop i don't want to have a cd case on my you desktop you put a widget on your desktop <laughs> i don't want to have a cd case on a, like a plastic case floating on my desktop i just want the name of of the song that I'm oh, listening man. to. I used to have one of those. Yeah, me too. Like like boat bowtie. What was the name? Bowtie. Oh, I don't remember. But like it was it was it created a little jewel case that that was on yeah, yeah, my yeah. desktop all the time. Yeah. Wow. If I wanted that, I would go back to my parents' house and look at their look at my bedroom and a bunch of CD cases. I don't want that. I just want to see what the name of the song I'm listening to. And so I found that uh, somewhere on GitHub, I think. It works pretty nicely. So, but uh, you know what was funny uh, to me? You, you know that thing called the fuzzy clock, right? Where it's oh, like, oh man, you know, where it's yeah. like, oh, it's it's like half past five. I thought that that yeah. was the fuzzy clock. I was like, why is it saying maybe tomorrow? 
I but it, had the same, <laughs> the same reaction. <laughs> so there you go. It's actually like, uh, maybe tomorrow by the Stereophonics. Well, um, I didn't well, read I mean, far I'm, enough. It could be maybe tomorrow if it's around midnight. But that's I why I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's a weird it's one. That's a weird one. Like maybe tomorrow. I was like, yeah. sure, okay. They're getting a bit yeah. like introspective now. It's uh, yeah, okay. yeah. I never, I never understood. I never understood fuzzy clocks. Like, it feels to me like it takes more cognitive load to read the the fuzzy clock than actually look at numbers and see what they mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you need to, you need to look at a word and parse the word and understand its meaning. That's. I just prefer simple numbers, and uh, this is what I did. I just took care of cleaning up my Mac as a normal Mac user, which was interesting for a day, but that uh, that was enough. <laughs> yeah it, it looks good what do you Thank think you. Stephen about like dock placement and stuff like that do you I mean oh, the dock should really? be on the right side <laughs> okay so see if you okay I'm, I'm not I'm not getting into this again but I just wanna I just wanna point out how on iOS the dock is at the bottom so yeah, that's all I'm saying it's not as evolved as the Mac is yet oh. that's all sure yes that is totally the reason why you're Mike, right. Mike, you should have written an ad before we break up. With Today's show is brought to you by Ting, the mobile phone service that, get this, wants to help you save money. Ting believes that you should only pay for what you use. And with prices like $10 per gigabyte of data, the average Ting customer pays just $23 a month per phone. If you're in the US and you use a cell phone, are you, are you one of those people? I'm probably guessing that there's a strong chance that you are. You will love what the folk over at Ting can do for you. They don't believe in contracts, overage fees, or unlimited plans with tons of catches. They have top-rated, no-hold customer support. When you call Ting, you get through to a real person. Ting are focused on offering the best prices they can for their customers, and any savings that they can make, they will, and they will pass them on to you. 80% of devices made in the last two years can come to Ting, and they support both GSM and CDMA. And this is very uh, apropos for the moment. Ting will also allow you to get the latest iPhones as soon as they launch, cough, cough, uh, along with Apple Care as well. So they work with Apple and they can provide all of that to you. So you can get a new iPhone directly on Ting. If you're stuck in a contract, they'll give you 25% credit off your early termination fee. And that's up to $75 per device that you bring over to Ting. To get started, head over to connected.ting.com and use their handy device checker to confirm that your phone can make the move. And if you're looking to upgrade, Ting has plenty of options of handsets available for you in their online store. Listeners of this show can get $25 on selected devices or as Ting credit just by going to connected.ting.com right now. So go there, see how much you can save, and we thank Ting for their support of this show. So talking about new phones, let's let's round out today's episode by talking about a couple of a couple of new phones. Let's talk about the Google Pixel Two. There are some problems. Um, so I will say that I have seen a bunch of reviews about the Google Pixel Two that are very, very, very complimentary about this phone. Right. Right. Yeah. That there, that a lot mm-hmm. of people really, really like this phone. That it is exactly what people were hoping for, right? As an advancement to the Pixel line, and that the Pixel XL delivers on like the design that people were hoping for. Like apparently, it feels really good in the hand, and the screen uh, is really big, and you and it's really smart, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. You know, I will put a link in the show notes to, uh, as is typical for me, my favorite review of any of these devices, which is MKBHD's review, which I watched this morning. But you know, you can go, you can go to basically anywhere, and you will. Find find a good review of these devices, right? 
But there are a couple of problems. Mm-hmm. And these problems uh, have been in, mentioned in some reviews, not mentioned in others because they don't seem to be like completely every device um, and or some people feel differently about them. So there's a couple of things here. One is a blue hue when you tilt a phone, the XL. So th- most of these problems seem to be con- like kept with the XL and we'll get into why that is in a minute. So when at certain angles, when you look at the phone, it kind of has a bit of a, uh, a blue hue to it. And you may have seen this type of stuff with screens before. I think before screens started getting, the, was it called IPS? Where you mm-hmm. can look at things from different angles and it looks fine. But like before IPS displays, you would look at a display and it would look weird from different angles. That isn't what's yeah. happening here, but it's a similar effect. And it's it's worse on OLED displays. LCDs, IPS is nice, but you don't have this weird off-axis color shift like you do with, with the OLED arrangement. And then the other one is display burn-in, which is something that happens especially to OLED displays. Not good. Uh, like I've seen, uh, there was a... I don't. I can't remember which phone it was. It may have been the Samsung uh, Ga- Galaxy line, where because the problem is that Android has software buttons that are persistent on the screen whenever you're not in a full screen application, right? So there is like a back button, uh, a home button, and a multitasking button, and they are persistent. They are always there. It's a black background typically with a white outline, and on the Samsung phones, people noticed that what Samsung were doing was slightly shifting the um these icons but like just a pixel here and there to stop the burning from happening right because they weren't staying persistent on one place so every now and then it would move a little bit not so much that it was perceptible right but they would move it um either something weird is going on or google's not doing this or something's broken somewhere because there are a bunch of devices that are seeing burning of these elements this mm-hmm. stuff has gotten so bad that the verge who had a great review of the Pixel 2 and were very, very complimentary of it. They have, uh, they've issued a statement, Dita Bone issued a statement, and they have pulled the score of their review of the Pixel 2 XL <laughs> until Yikes. they can get more information about this from Google. And they're mostly focusing on the burn in as a thing because the blue hue thing, people were seeing that in the reviews. And MKBHD said this, and I mostly agree. It's like that either bothers you or it doesn't. Um, it's just a thing. Some people are more attuned to it than others. But burn-in on a screen after like a week of using it, that's kind of that's kind of a, an unacceptable thing, right? When it's like visually perceptible, like that's just not that's just not good. So it seems like these problems are coming from the display panels that are being used in the XL, which is a LG panel. Now, the regular size Pixel 2 is using a Samsung panel, and that is not getting any of these problems. What it looks like is that LG are not good enough with their panels. And Mm. I don't understand how this stuff was not caught in testing and that they decided to ship this product. I mean, it may be that a certain company just bought up everything else. Well, okay, that is true, right? A certain company that's launching its first OLED phone next week. So the 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 the, the scuttlebutt is that Apple mm. is using Samsung OLED panels, right? Like, yes. And so it is possible, right? We don't know this, but you can assume that maybe Apple went in with literally all the money and bought everything that they could that Samsung isn't using for their own phones, right? That, that and so like that basically Samsung OLEDs are taken off the market right now because Apple's buying them all. But you know, I wondered to myself was like 
then what what do you do if you're Google, right? Do you do you ship a flawed product or do you not ship it at all? Like I don't know what the right option is in that. Like for them, like there's there's a bunch of different avenues there. But this is adding to more troubles for Google's hardware team, right? Last mm-hmm. week we spoke about the fact that they had to disable buttons on the home mini, which has been no resolution to as of yet. And now they have bad screens on their highest end eight hundred and fifty dollar phone. Yeah, it's not it's not a good look. And it feels like they're the they are working with hardware almost at a startup level. They're making mistakes that young companies would do, but at Google's scale and reputation. Hmm. Um Yeah, because in theory like, they are a young hardware company right like the made by google stuff is like two years old right like this is how they're kind of doing this themselves now but yeah i agree with you then they can't make those mistakes right they can't yeah yeah that they they're not in the position to do that yeah it's not like the 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 essential phone like they come up and they come out and they have uh, some issues with the phone and you're like well i'm willing to you know cut them some slack because they're a young company, you know, opened up for business officially this year. So I understand why. It's more difficult to understand why Google can make these kinds of mistakes and mm-hmm. especially how you, like, what is the, what's the process that led to these phones being released? Like, didn't nobody check the, the screen at a different angle? Like, this is basic stuff that, People can walk into a store and notice by themselves. Right, and but then the, the 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 other question is: Did they test it and decided to just ship it? Right, like they, um, they may have known. <laughs> right, they may well uh, have known. That's that they may. Uh, and if if that is what happened, uh, I question Google's ability to make these kind of decisions because uh, would could you see could you see Apple, for example, or even Samsung with the with the with the Galaxy and the Notes? Uh, willingly releasing a phone that they know as these kinds of major display issues that reviewers and YouTubers and everybody's going to talk about. Can you see that happening for Apple and Samsung? Probably not. But like the question yeah. is though, right? So like, yes, I agree. But the question is, what do you do? You delay the phone. That's what you do. You don't announce the phone. If it, if it has to come out with a bad LG display, it doesn't come out at all. So like maybe maybe you make an LCD like maybe you put an LCD panel in it instead also right? which yeah, isn't as good yeah. but like maybe you don't have any problems with it like and I know that like so here's another thing that I've been observing I've been paying attention to this right just stuff over the last week or two if you think that the Apple versus uh, Android wars are bad oh boy just look at how competing fans of Android phones argue at each other. Like, that's where the real nastiness lies these days. Like, <laughs> looking at, like, the comments of some of these stories, it's like people are going crazy because they love Samsung and Google suck, right? Or, like, uh, everyone's complaining when LG made this feature on their phone, but now it's on Google's phone and everybody loves it. Like, it seems to be like that's where the fighting's happening now. <laughs> it's like, because th- these phones have this, like, soft cover um like soft sorry it's like a soft touch to them it's like a it's like some some coating that they do to the aluminium and apparently like this has been on other phones and when it was reviewed it was panned this is what people i've seen people complaining about but now it's on the pixel phone people love it like that's there's so much fighting in like the fans of different android devices that was really surprising to me i didn't really think that that was something that's happening but it's all different companies right it's like lg and google 
and HTC and Samsung. But I don't know. It looks to me that like if you want to get the best hardware, you should probably still go over Samsung devices. But the problem is that from the software perspective and the integration, Google makes the best, right? Like it's like, oh man, that sucks, right? Like if you want the best hardware, it ain't probably isn't Google right now. Although Google probably have the best camera and they yeah, have the I best mean, the, integration the little, with Android. The little Pixel avoids all of this stuff. But because uh, it uses a better display panel, it doesn't look good. I mean, it's a little chunky. But yeah, it's fine. Like, it doesn't look so good. So yeah, I, it seems like tough times. And and you obviously with your ear to the ground, Stephen, you noticed that there was some uh, some hissing. <laughs> article in Engadget this morning. Uh, Pixel phones reported to make strange noises. So uh, clicks and high frequency noises seems like. Seems like his gate has struck the other side of the fence. Mm-hmm. Man, I feel bad for people that buy these phones. Right? I do. Like, I feel, genuinely feel bad for them because they're really expensive. A friend of mine bought a Pixel 2. He did not do the XL, and he feels like he dodged a giant bullet. But, yeah, if you bought... if I mean, it's an enthusiast device. It's expensive. Pixel phones, just like the Nexus line before it, don't sell in great quantities in comparison to other Android phones. Mm-hmm. And people... You kind of go out, out of your way to get one of these. And so, yeah, it's it's got to be a real bummer. I and mean, we would feel the same way with the iPhone 10 came out and it was it had issues. I mean, I'm just going to say right now, there could be, right? Like, we're you know, it's one of the reasons I'm trying to be quite fair. But you never really know, though, right? Like, th- this phone is weird and different enough in a bunch of ways. And we're hearing that there's delays and, you know, there could be stuff that we don't know yet. There, there could definitely be issues with it. I don't think they would have this issue. Sure. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, right. Like if you had told me Apple was going to ship a keyboard that a piece of desk could destroy, I wouldn't have believed you, but, but this is the world we live Here in. Here we are, right? So you never know. You never know. I mean, I hope not. Um, but yeah, that's it. Oh, should we talk about that quick before we go? iPhone pre-orders end of this week. Yeah. Uh, it's two days I, from now. Wondering what our plans are about that. I assume we're all just mm. going to try our very best to pre-order mm-hmm. one, them, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Like multiple yeah. devices. I, I've got like a whole strategy in mind. Like, So here's here's mine. Uh, inspired by Michael and inspired by some Reddit threads. Um, I'm going to wake up uh, 30, 40 minutes before. Uh, because last, I think the last time I woke up 15 minutes before and it was not enough for me to oh. be... Uh, as responsive as I want it to be. So 30, 40 minutes before, I have my coffee uh, machine ready to go. Uh, got my Apple Pay uh, card ready. Uh, make sure that because I use a different uh, Apple ID and because the Apple Store app, so I'm just assuming everybody's going to use the Apple Store app because mm-hmm. that's the best way to go. Uh, the night before, because I use a different Apple ID than my Italian Apple ID that I use on the Italian Apple Store, I will have to log out from my App Store account on my on all of my devices, log in with my Italian Apple ID, make sure that the Apple Store app works with my uh, Italian account and that it has all my uh, shipping information up to date and that Apple Pay is connected and that also my backup credit card is configured in my account. And also make sure that in one password I have my credit card information as a favorite, so that if I need to be, you know, looking up some 
confirmation code, it's all ready to go. Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna have my I'm gonna try and do the pre-order from my iPhone with the big iPad Pro and the small iPad Pro as backups. Mm-hmm. One of them, uh, I think my iPhone is going to be on 4G and my iPads are gonna be on Wi-Fi. So that wow. I have this is way more than I was expecting. Okay, so you got like all the coverage, all the coverage. So that if uh, 4G doesn't work or there's some DNS issue or propagation is different. I'm going to have a backup device. And I think, I mean, Apple is going to have a supply constraint uh, situation here. So I'm thinking that, you know, millions of people will be waiting in line. So I guess if you want an iPhone 10 on November 3rd, you probably want the process to take less than 20 seconds, 15 seconds, maybe. Um, My only concern right now, which I want to check with you guys, what's your uh, best strategy is two questions. One, do you start the Apple Store app from uh, like a cold start? Like, do you force quit the app before it's uh, pre-order time? And do you open it and like um, 20 seconds after the, the pre-order is open? Or do you keep the app in memory and you just refresh? Hmm. Like, I what it, what force is, quit beforehand, open it just quit. before the period time period. And then keep trying to use it and then keep force quitting and reopening until I get there. That's yeah. kind okay. of the way I do it. And, o- and of course, you select your uh, the iPhone model that you want as a favorite. So you just need to yes. go into your account, tap oh, the favorite, I didn't and know you tap could do buy. That. I've never oh, yeah. done that before. You okay, can that's, speed that's up. a huge time yeah. saver. Huh. You can speed I mean, up don't the do process. It. Don't do it, Mike. That's, it's useless. Don't do it. <laughs> We're not pulling from the same stock. We're in different countries. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> But yeah, what I want true. to know is, Apple says that, and I'm going to use my local times here, but that doesn't matter to the question, uh, that pre-orders open at 9.01 a.m. So that minute, does it mean that I have to wait for 01, or do they usually go up like 30 seconds before? No idea. I mean, I've had it where it's like it's 15 three minutes, minutes later. Late. Yeah, like it's, it, yeah. there is no... Okay. There's absolutely no way. Oh, I got them as favorites now. Nice, nice work, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. So they're just waiting for me now, and then I, I don't know. I, my plan is just like two iPads, the Mac, and an iPhone. Like I'm going to be trying mm-hmm. to order it on all of my devices and just see how I just see how it'll go. That's kind of all my right. plan. I, I don't have like as detailed a plan as you, Federico. Like I have done it already. Like I've changed the card in my account because I will be using right. a different card to buy. So I've just changed that card now. Um, so it's all ready, and, and so I've been I've been spending on it the last couple of days, right? Like in iTunes, and stuff. it's really annoying. You can't set a different card in the Apple Store app. Like you set a card in the Apple Store app, and then it updates your Apple ID with the card. It's like really, I know. really, I is know. that what we need to do now? But I wanted to make sure that was all in there, so I'm not entering card information on the day. And then it's just a case of crossing my fingers and hoping that I'm going to get one. Honestly, I don't think I will. Uh, I, I yeah, it just doesn't seem very likely. I feel like it's not going to happen. Something is going to go wrong or I'm going to be slow. I'm going to panic when I tap the buttons. Um, or maybe my touch ID will not be recognized by Apple Pay. You know, something's going to happen. So I just want to make sure that unlike the last time when I was kind of sleepy and also I wasn't thinking straight, this time I'm going to wake up 40 minutes mm-hmm. before, have mm-hmm. a, maybe a couple of espressos, and <laughs> then sit down and wait and refresh and buy. But I, it feels weird because it feels like I'm going... Feels like I'm going into a battle. Really, I just want to give up all my money. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting mechanic uh, I play here, but uh, that's where we are. Steven, do you have any other uh, other hot tips? No, I think y'all have covered it. I've got the phones favorited, so I have not settled on a color. So my my plan mm-hmm. is 
if the iPhone goes first, I'm going to order black. If the iPad goes first, I'm going to order white. Just just leave it up to chance. And yeah, Apple Pay, have everything ready to go. It's two o'clock in the morning for me. Oh. Uh, I over the years I have yeah. it's it's I've done different things. I've stayed up. Um, that's a mistake for me because then I'm just super tired. So I'm gonna go to bed probably a little early and then get up about you know one forty five, get something to eat, come out to my office, you know, turn the lights on, be awake, and and get to it. So yeah, at least if, this is the one thing that exciting. me and Federico get. Right. Usually we don't get anything because we're not in the US. But this, we, we get pre-orders at a decent time, right? Yeah. The morning. Because what, it's like 8 for me, 9 for you, Federico? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 9 for me, yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. 8 a.m., he gets it's 9 a.m. That's good. It's way better than our friends, like, East Coast. Our friends man. on the East Coast Ooh. who are already tweeting us, it is worse for you at 3 a.m. That is worse. No doubt. But it's it, like, is, oh, it is. What how, it is. How's the one true time zone now, East Coasters? Huh? How's <laughs> your one terrible. true time zone teaching you? <laughs> They're all going to be underwater eventually, anyways. Uh-huh. So it's uh-huh. it's fine. Uh, so yeah. So what? So I'm divided on color. I'm just going to leave it up to chance. I don't what care. About I don't y'all? care. I'll, I'll get whatever yeah. color I get. I'm probably going to try. I mean, I'm going to be trying all different colors on all different devices. Whatever I get is what I get. Because yeah. um, I feel like black, I understand. I feel like I don't fully understand how the white one's going to look because it's, it's different to, to how these yeah. devices have looked in the past. So I'm because I haven't seen one, I have no real like feeling about it. I'll just get whatever I get and, and not be upset. Uh, what size are we getting? Uh well, top again, two, I want 256. Okay. Right. But if 256 is gone, I will get the 64 and then deal with All it right. later. Right. Like, All right. What I will probably yeah. end up doing is I'll buy the 64 and then like three or four months time, I'll sell it and buy the big one. Right. Like that's yeah. probably the way I'll end up going with it. But like, I just, I, you know, I want to have one as soon as I can so I can talk about it on the show. Like that's what I want it for. And I just want it. Um, so mm-hmm. I have the, the dual purpose of, just want to, oh i have one uh one last tip for anybody in london just anyone in london this is my tip for you wait 20 minutes that's my tip mm. just wait 20 minutes mm. i have heard that if in you live in london uh and you want to pick up at any of the london stores just wait 20 minutes and you will definitely get one that is my tip for anybody what that does lives that in mean london. wait 20 he's just he's just just wait just wait people just wait 20 minutes like it's fine uh... if you just wait you just give oh, it some yeah. time, wait 20 oh, yeah. minutes, and you'll be sure. able to get the phone, no yeah, problem. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, yeah. Or, it's, um, or, or, what, or the other thing you can do is just stay tuned to my Twitter feed, and as soon as I tweet that I have one, then <laughs> is the perfect time for right, you to right. order. That's my, my right. tip for anybody in London. Yeah. We, sh- yeah. we should say Apple had their press release today, you know, reminding everybody of pre-orders, and they have said that there will be stock in retail stores and that you should arrive early. So they want... People to be lined up. They didn't oh. say how much the stock is. Um, I am. I guess we'll see how our pre-orders go. Yeah. But part of me. So if, if something bad happens, right, and my pre-order is like four weeks out, they don't bill you until the phone ships. Right. And I think up until the point you can cancel your pre-order. I think. Um, it would be tempting to if you know if I if something goes terribly wrong in the middle of the night. To like to go early and go line up. Like my, I'm not in a big city. Like my, my store will have people lined up, but it won't be, it won't be nuts. You know, if yeah. I went out there at midnight, I would be early, I think. So we'll see how it goes. I don't want to line up. I've never lined up for a phone, but that's sort of my safety net. Yeah. 
but I'm hoping I don't have to do it. I haven't. Dis- I mean, you'll know next week if uh, if I'm going to do that or not. Like, mm-hmm. but I have entertained in my mind the idea that I might go line up. The problem that I have, my closest stores are two of the biggest Apple stores in the world. So, yeah. Yeah. how literally how early would I need to be? Like four days early, right? Like, so I, I don't really know what I would do in that case. What well, a good vlog. You know, would it though? I'd just be standing in a line. Um, I would go if I'm going to do that. I would go like as early as the train could get me there. Like I'm not going to stay over, right? But like if I was going to get there at like five or six a.m., then I would do that and then just have my fingers crossed that they would have enough for me. Mm. I mean, the benefit is like, yeah, the lines would be long, but also if they're going to have good stock anywhere in the UK, it's going to be in Regent Street or Covent Garden, right? They're the two stores, right? They're the two two biggest, right? If they're going to have good stock, they'll have it there. Um, I haven't made my mind up yet. This is going to be a Mm. a real one. It's Mm. interesting that they're saying this. They want the lines, don't they? And that then they they haven't wanted those for a while. Um, I think it might be because this phone has been, has had pretty mixed feelings right that they might in the yeah, press like yeah. the press have been giving it pretty mixed feelings before it's even come out um so maybe they want to have a bunch of news reports with lines around the block again right. for this one uh, to yeah. show that people care i have one final suggestion all right remember that you have i think 60 days to add apple care plus to your iphone 10 so if you want to save an extra couple of seconds yeah yeah pre-ordering time do not tap on the add Apple Care button. You can buy that later. Like you can get the phone and then just go to the Apple Store or go online and buy Apple Care mm-hmm. plus the day that you get the phone. But when you're pre-ordering and you see uh, the button that says add Apple Care, if you want to save even an extra second or 2 seconds, uh you can you can do that later. Oh, uh, and if you're on the is- iPhone upgrade program, check if you can up- do the upgrade thing now. You can like do this whole thing. I mean, the upgrade program yep. people are probably going to get their phones before anybody else because you can literally go in, you do all of the checks that you need to do, you then choose the phone you want, and it's ready for you. So do that. If, I mean, I know. think that basically puts you in line like with the favorites. Like what you're doing in advance is like the, uh, the pre-authorization stuff. Okay, but yeah, that's good because you don't want to be doing that. If you're waking up and doing that pre-authorization stuff. You're, you will not done. get one. You will not get one. And that's why they're doing it. And I'm I'm really pleased that Apple are doing this for, for those people because I think that, you know, if you're giving Apple money every month, right, like you kind of, you know, this is the deal, right, that you're going to get the new phone. So I, I think it's good that they're, yeah. that they're giving options for people to fill in all of the paperwork they need to fill in ahead of time. Right. Before. And, and none know, of us buying. are on that program, right? Like I'm no, not. No. Nope. No. There's no program in Italy at all. Oh, so. really? There you go. I've thought yeah. about it. Um. I might. I haven't decided if I'm going to do it for a phone in the future. It won't be for this one because of the process I'll need to go through. Um, but I thought about it. I might do it one day. Um, but this time I'm going to be. I'm going to be buying outright. So, connected listeners, good luck. Um, if you get a phone, uh, only tweet at us if we got one too, because otherwise we'll be sad. Uh, and we'll yeah. discuss next week as to how our plans actually went. If you want to find our show notes for this week, relay.fm slash connected slash 165. Thanks again to our lovely sponsors, the fine folk at PDF Pen from Smile, Pingdom, and Ting. If you want to find Federico online, he's at maxstories.net. He's at Fatici on Twitter, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Uh, Stephen is 5 He is at ISMH, and I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Arrivederci. Adios. Eek, eek. Eek.